Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Well, we are having a good time, actually, because the thing we needed, the very thing we needed to take a deep breath of fresh air to be able to sustain the balance of this season is to speak with somebody who's favorite season is this one and we have yes. truly uh one of my all-time favorite podcast co-hosts with us today who is it jenny oh it's none other than ira madison the third i think you're just what i needed <laughs> So many hot takes, like literally. The hottest of takes. The closer we get to the end Don of the episode. Thy oven mitts, <laughs> dear listener. The takes are so hot. Oh, uh, we are so like I can't even tell you like how much I personally needed Ira in in my life at this mm-hmm. exact moment uh, of our journey. So I'm just delighted. Uh, before we get into the episode, because I know that that's. What all of you want now? Who wants to hear from us when you know that Ira's on the other side of the theme song? Mm-hmm. But a couple of things. Um, you're going to definitely, even if you don't want to listen to our episode on Seeing Red, understandable. Uh, I would tell you to probably listen to the introduction to it because we're going to have some details on uh, the next live thing that we're doing um, just teasing it a little, it is uh, the day before, it's the eve of All Hallows' Eve, uh, That if you want to save that in your date books, uh, and it is in the geographical location of Philadelphia. So, you know, put it in your... What? Take your little Could pens, foot. your little pencils, take your little books, your little, your little calendar, just jot it down there. We're planning a heist of the Liberty Bell! Oh. <laughs> So for our for our bong, we we need a new bell. Oh, imagine we use the Liberty Bell for the gong. Wow, probably be a lot to talk about there. Actually, Uh, (laughs) the crack in the Liberty Bell that came from when buffering the Vampire Slayer used it for their podcast gong. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah, tune in August 4th. We're going to give you all of those details. Um, we've got some some things in the works, and that's the first one we're going to tell you about. And hey, this is your reminder. It's been a minute since we did a, any live events, and now we are going to be doing live events <laughs> again. If you're a patron of ours, you get the tickets first. You get advanced ticket sales. So if you want your... Little hands on those little tickets first. Uh, This is the time because the announcement's going up uh, next episode for us, which is the fourth. And the the tickets will be going on sale just a couple days later. Um, So if you want to get in there, get on in there. It's also the end of July. So if you want to hop on the next Ultimate Merchandise Bundle, you got to get in there pretty soon. Uh, We're doing a long sleeve t-shirt for the next. I know it's the first time we'll ever have done a long sleeve t-shirt. 
Anyway, um, before we get to the Sexual Tension Awards, I also want to say we mentioned up at the top of another intro, we have a, uh, a calendar on the website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com, where we put up community events. This is uh, part of our anti-racist work, part of our community building work. So there are a bunch of new events up there now for you. They, they really run the gamut in terms of like the type of event, the focus of the event and all of that. And the one I just want to put a spotlight on, it's the next one up on the calendar. It's really cool. Uh, it goes from July until September. Mahogany L. Brown is Lincoln Center's first ever poet in residence. And Mahogany is going to be curating monthly virtual and in-person events in a residency called We Are the Work. The first one, the premiere, is July 24th at 7 p.m., and it's going to be a panel discussion on art as a form of social justice work. Uh, leading art justice advocates are going to give tips and insight on how the practice of art can be transformative and a powerful vehicle for change. Uh, so really, really cool. The link is in the show notes and also bufferingthevampireslayer.com. You can see that event and a bunch of other events in July and August that are really rad and are really great ways to spend your time and great places to put your energy and speaking of putting your energy places it's time for the results of the most recent sexual tension awards poll we had a very interesting <laughs> round of noms in all of our slots last episode uh they all shared the prefix xander spike and mm -hmm. in fourth place with 16 percent of the vote we have Xander, Spike, and releasing manly things. I don't even have to say anything about that. In the third slot, third place, 21% of the vote, we have Xander, Spike, and alliterative nicknames. <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed to say in second place mm. with 22% of the vote, mm. we have Xander, Spike, and getting a bit of truth on them <laughs> yeah i may have i may have thrown the vote with my emojis uh Ugh. because the next uh the winner you're about to announce it it came along with the eggplant emoji which i think oh don't you think there should have been an eggplant emoji in each one of these <laughs> yeah but i tried to get creative so hey listen uh, i've got the i've got the uh Kristen, take the wheel uh i've yep, got the wheel yep, so yep. eggplant it was for this guy you do as you must mm -hmm. okay in First place, the number one slot with 41% of the vote, we've got Xander, Spike, and altering his reality. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, your egg, your eggplant-shaped trophies will be in the mail, Ooh gentlemen. Ow, ow. Um, real quick, before we roll into this conversation with Ira, we were uh, planning on opening our store today, but we had a little bit of a delay. So we're opening the store next week, July 28th. Uh, so stay tuned. Follow us on socials if you don't already, Buffering Cast, because we got some new stuff and it fucking rules. And yes, it includes a patch. Boop, boop, ba doop, doop, doop. Kristen, did you perhaps intentionally... Uh, mislead our audience uh, th and make them think that the store was going to open a week earlier uh, in order to uh, increase and allow for additional building of tension. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. The actual winner of the award is uh, Kristen Russo and the tension that she builds between her Scoobies and their <laughs> desire to put hot, uh -huh. hot merch on their hey. perfect bodies. 
All of our beautiful little noms want to get inside those slots. And by <laughs> slots, I mean new shirts. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Yeah. Speaking of, so the last thing, I usually read an email um, before we roll into the episode. I'm actually going to read a little bit of a tweet. Because in the episode, oh, you'll hear the modern email, the modern. Yes, the modern day email. You'll hear me in episode. I'm um, talking about the definition of entropy and being like, uh, it kind of means this, but also what the fuck? Because it's it's just a, a deep hole. Somebody sent us Nicole said this root beer float metaphor is the only thing that's ever gotten me to understand entropy. I love root beer floats. As do I. So listen to this. OK. Uh, entropy for information theorists is disorder, right? This episode fucking, we'll talk about it. It's a big giant heap of disorder. <laughs> uh, a system of low entropy with little disorder produces a message. Likewise, a system of high entropy has lots of disorder. And instead of sending a message, it produces noise. A root beer float scoops of vanilla ice cream in a glass of dark brown root beer when first made has relatively low entropy because it provides clear, unambiguous information and therefore sends a message about where the root beer and where the ice cream are. When the ice cream melts and the contents of the glass are stirred with a straw, the system has higher entropy, more noise, because the order has disappeared, providing less detail and therefore sending less information about the system as a whole. The systems become a unit wow. of undifferentiated parts, <gasps> a, homo a homogenized mixture of ice cream and root beer. So listen, I just, I know it's like maybe a heavy way to start the episode, a lot of science in your face, but I just thought it was great. It was the only thing that I ever read that made me understand what the fuck entropy is. Might I humbly add a far too late fifth nom into slot five, <laughs> Xander, Spike, and a heap of undifferentiated parts. <laughs> Oh, they'd be so cute at the little counter having their little ice, their little root beer float. Oh <laughs> All right. Shut the hell up, us two. Yeah. Let, let us get into the episode. And welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one, spoiler free, in tandem with our BFFs, picks in the locker, also a wallet pick in the wallet, angel on top. <laughs> I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. Uh, and I'm Kristen Russo. And this week we are still here, still standing, talking about season six, episode 18, Entropy, uh, I'm just going to stop here and say that, like, we we have some help. We have we have someone to bring us some joy. Maybe. I don't know. Ira Madison, the third. You are here with us. I don't <laughs> know if back. you have joy to bring, but I'm glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You know what? I think I like this episode. <laughs> Yes. Good. Great. I mean, I, honestly, famously, I like season six. So 
you know. Yeah. And we do, too. I mean, and I promise, uh, Jenny, don't panic. I will finish the introduction. I'm a professional. <laughs> I can detour and come back. But uh, mm. we I feel like we've been being like we talk about season six on like socials and stuff being like, oh, fuck. And people take it as as like, oh, fuck, these episodes suck. And it's like, no, no, mm-hmm. no. Like the like they're just hard. They're just really hard hard they're, um, they're rough to watch yeah it's not season seven which i don't want to watch right. so good luck with that <laughs> oh no is it is it ira's last appearance in good luck getting the me Vampire back Slayer? yeah you're like <laughs> bye <laughs> Uh, anyhow, if you stay tuned to the end of this podcast, which you certainly should, since Ira is here with us, uh, you're going to hear an original song uh, written by Jenny. And she does that every other week because she's a champion. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Entropy was written by Drew Z. Greenberg and directed by James a. Contner and originally aired on April 30th, 2002. It's worth noting that's about six weeks after our last episode, Normal Again, aired. We needed Big a break. fucking minute to recover from that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, TV Guide mm. describes this one. I actually got a kick out of the language that TV Guide used. <laughs> Still smarting from being jilted at the altar by Xander. Still smarting. From being jilted at the altar by Xander, Anya seeks advice from Halfrak. Buffy tries to bond with Dawn while avoiding Spike. Andrew, Jonathan, and Warren experiment with a talisman. Willow asks Tara out for coffee. Mm. Hmm. Here we are. Pre- previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, my note is everything is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> everything is horrible. Also, I feel like a little like attacked that they're using Anthony Stewart's Ted's voice in the previouslys mm. when Giles is long gone mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. dare they mm-hmm. yeah you know i um i remember obviously as this being part of my youth right uh i it's like i feel like it was before you were used to you know when this was the first show i started like in middle school 97 um you're you're not used to people leaving, right? You're like everyone's just on a mm-hmm. show forever. So <laughs> now, as an adult, I would understand, uh, and someone who works in TV, I would understand uh, Giles being gone. I'm like, okay, Anthony Stewart's like been on the show for years. He's done. He needs a break. <laughs> He's um, tired. But watching it when I was younger, I was so always like, where is Giles? This yeah. is weird. Yeah, I mean, I don't work in television, and I guess I understand it logically, but I'm still upset that he's not here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Over in the Land of Angel, we just got Cordelia back, actually, because she, because Charisma was on her honeymoon, Mm -hmm. uh, and so she was, yeah, so so all of the, like, oh, right, these are real human beings that are making decisions for their uh, Mm. life. Um, So you're in season three. Rough season for the first half. I would say. Oh yes. I, yes. I also famously I, I love season three of Angel, the back end. Man, you just love. I think, the, I think the back end of Angel season three towards the end of the series is is perfect for me. Yeah, so you just like as soon as the shit I... gets fucking miserable, Iris. Yeah. <laughs> Iris says, "Hurt me, please." Yes. <laughs> I um I looked up the the definition of the word entropy because I didn't know what it meant, and I have to say I have left this uh, experiment still with very little idea of what it means scientifically. It's like this bananas scientific concept, but. Mm-hmm. It can be used to mean lack of order or predictability, 
a gradual decline into disorder, which seems appropriate. But I don't know if we have any like scientist heads out there. And I know we do. Like, could you write me like the dummy's guide to the scientific version of it? It's very like, like, I felt mm-hmm. like if I kept reading, I might time travel kind of science, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think later in the series when they would use like a word like entropy for the episode titles, I would I would get a little mad with these later seasons with that. Because I thought the episode titles used to be so, like, whimsical. Right? Halloween. And, yeah. I know what that means. I know what's going to yeah. happen there. <laughs> Dead Man's Party. <laughs> Yes. Never kill you know? a boy on the first date. F- yes. <laughs> Words Back when to it was live still by. Camp, you know? Yes. It was still satirizing camp. But yes. entropy. All you right. just want to like faint on a couch or something? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, gosh, Ira, we're going to have to gather a lot of opinions from you because it's been a minute and now we have like mm-hmm. a trio here that fucking kicks us off. Tearing through the cemetery on four wheelers that have like stakes attached to the front. So how uh, the wrong height, real ding dong squad shit going on here. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Although I will say, and from a television uh, writer's perspective, I'm sure you have thoughts on both the trio and the fact that I think for the first time we're seeing a different part of this cemetery. There's like big ornate gates and a fucking fountain, and I don't think we've ever seen that before mm-hmm. so yeah t- you can pick which one you want to talk about the fountain or the fucking trio good luck <laughs> you know every time i w- go back i will say the season moves a little slow um the, the when they're discovering cameras from the trio by episode 18 <laughs> mean. that are like in a fucking giant gnome and also in an open gaping right. eyeball of a skull and they've been watching everyone but <laughs> haven't really done anything with it yeah. <laughs> it was a lot like when did they put these there a week ago it's very it's very it's a little weird um i don't think anyone's sufficiently creeped out from them putting the cameras Mm-hmm. But we did, didn't normal again open with her like trying to go to their old lair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's new. I don't know. But maybe. I mean, they did add the cameras to their new place because they have like that screen of really high tech Mac screens mm-hmm. or that wall rather of really high tech Mac screens. So mm-hmm. maybe they put the cameras in last episode. But and you I... went maybe within this been six weeks. So you know. <laughs> Uh, just a line establishing that they're new would have been nice. I guess what Buffy sort of like notices the law gnome. Yeah. But I don't know how, how do long that gnome's been there. Notice a rogue gnome that has I just know. appeared. Frankly, law gnomes still creep me out because of Goosebumps. Oh. There's a book, Revenge of the Law Gnomes. That cover, it still creeps me out. The law gnome, I'm looking it up. The, the law gnome in it looks like he's like playing rugby. <laughs> oh, there's a baseball in front of them. Okay. They I'll look sporty. Oh, here they are. <laughs> they look, yeah, they're definitely sporty. the jock gnomes. Yeah, yeah, sporty gnomes. <laughs> yeah, it's nice seeing the trio do stuff, you know? Because I feel like there's a lot of them not doing anything. Well, I mean, killing women. <laughs> sure. They did do yeah. that, yeah. They've yes, done plenty, but, enough yeah. of that. They're finally doing something, you know? Because I think one of the chief complaints about the season is that you know, they used to always have, you know, the 
the sort of mini bad and then the big bad reveals themselves. And mm-hmm. this season, it's really just them. <laughs> Three the mini bad, bads the, standing the, on each other's shoulders with a trench coat around them. Yeah. yeah the big bad, well, I guess, is depression. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right, the real right, big yes. bad in the season. <laughs> I feel like if the trio is supposed to be the patriarchy, and I'm playing the jingle at the end, so nobody get too fucking excited. But like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the pervasiveness of it all. Like they're just fucking there and they're there and they're there and slowly eroding away at the foundation of our world. <laughs> Well, let me take us back to the fountain. Um, I have a fountain fact because, of course, my ridiculous 90s brain saw a fountain and was like, is it the Friends fountain? Uh, It's not. (laughs) But I did find out that the Friends fountain is in Hocus Pocus. So there's Mm. a fun fact. The first scene sets us up for our, like, Spike Buffy arc where he's been, I think it's been, like, two or three episodes that he's just been, like, tell your fucking friends about us. Otherwise, I will. Uh, a man of mostly empty threats with this. Interesting that like now that they're not sleeping together, that he's pushing so hard for her to let them know that previously they were sleeping together, even though they're not sleeping together anymore. But just so you know, before that was happening. Yeah, it's because he feels like invalidated and like a joke and like people will take him more seriously if he knows that Buffy had a bunch of sex with him. Hmm. Sure. Right? <laughs> Save you the staking. All you gotta do is. I am not telling my friends about us. Right, I'll just be dropping them down to you. You wanna tell them so badly? Go ahead. Know why? I tried to kill my friends, my sister last week. Guess how much they hate me? Zero. Zero much. So I'm thinking, sleeping with you, they'll deal. She's done other things that they that are worse than trying to kill them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if my friends aren't mad at me for letting my boyfriend kill Jenny Calendar, for instance. <laughs> Ooh. You know. Ooh, that's a... <laughs> but I'm stuck on the the crux of why I do love this season, but it frustrates me, um, is the just the very 2002 um, TV morals on display. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buffy very distressed that she can't sleep with Spike because she doesn't love him. And I'm like, girl, who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, there is. There's so much like sex shamey stuff that happens yeah. here. And it like, it's even like, it's even beyond. I mean, the, the bigger arc, of course, is just like she's sleeping with Spike and she has so much shame over that. But there's also mm-hmm. like, they talk about like the kinds of sex they have as like, as though like having anything but missionary style hetero, uh, right. no, no demons involved sex is like the only way to be good and and uh-huh. yeah. which is wild because it's like she's having a lot of sex with Riley, you know, but it's a lot of like vampirism is sort of seen as like the no, you know. It was sweet when she mm-hmm. was in high school because it was like Angel had a soul, or whatever. But you know, you have, then think about like Riley and the like sex workers, you know, the yeah. vampire ones, you know. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So that's very, you know, it always goes to that well of you know, like sleeping with a vampire is very salacious and yes. evil. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so much is made about like her being stressed about her friends finding out that she's been sleeping with Spike. Meanwhile, these people have been spending time with spike for like three seasons like 
collaborating in in a non sort of he kidnapped uh, her in season five in crush like then they weren't done with him after that like he was hoping that while buffy was dead so it's like it's it's very weird yeah super weird goes we'll get to that but it all yeah it all feels very you know like weirdly moralistic and like the stuff that xander says about with this soulless thing i'm like it's very much what yeah man was responsible right because it's like (laughs) like right the thing the thing that pushes the thing that pushes him to the place where he's finally going to kill spike is fucking that he had sex like that yeah Yeah. we'll get there i know but like yes it's all rooted in this very weird sex moral place uh xander like the king of that mountain i think like the king of the sex moral mountain is xander harris yeah uh speaking of xander harris yeah you know that thing when you've just gone through a breakup because you made some very poor decisions and you're sitting on your apartment floor drinking lots of beer and then eventually uh you leave your apartment to go be sad somewhere else and Whoopsie daisy, your ex is just hanging out in the bushes watching you with what seemed to be <laughs> recently so lightened eyebrows. What's up with her eyebrows? They're disappearing. I don't know, yeah. Anya. Her hair in this episode is also particularly wild. It is. Yeah. It is. It's very it's extra curly. And also she's always wearing red, but like red that like I'm fine with Anya in red, but it's weird. It's like Do you feel like it's a deliberate and then she has sex with someone who's not her boyfriend. Oh my God. Because of course she, she does. Because she's wearing fucking, she is. She's just a walking scarlet letter. Um, yeah. 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 There's something. But it also just doesn't look like Anya. Like this, especially this first look. She's in like a fucking red coat with like a fur collar. It's all very. I get what yeah. they were going for, I guess. But not a big fan of the Anya looks in this episode. Also. You know, she's like she's hanging out with her girlfriends in the episode. A lot of stuff Anya deserved happened in this episode. Mm-hmm. Friends who aren't mean to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's why I always wish Cordelia was still around because she could have been friends with Anya. Oh my god, Anya! The wish stuff, you know. But it's like the, it's sort of like them, like people in this group of weirdos mm-hmm. who are who are mean to like the funny hot girl. Just, just like they did Cordelia, just like they did Anya. Like, Anya's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and I mean, the reason mm-hmm. that we would love to see Anya and Cordy is also the reason that I think, I mean, listen, complicated things with Spike and Anya, but, like, I love to fucking see it because they are, they are like, genuinely truth speakers. And, and like, True. Right? They say everything the that two, they're fucking thinking. And the two best actors on the show, yeah. currently. Ooh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar takes a, bur- a little bit of a burn from that. I think I have. I, I would like to push back a little bit on Sarah. Oh, Michelle absolutely, Gellar. absolutely. And I'm a Sarah Michelle Gellar diehard. I just defended her recently on Keep It to my co-host, who thinks that you know, like people who obsess over Sarah Michelle Gellar are really just obsessed with Buffy and like there's nothing else in the oeuvre. But I love her. I really do. But at this current time mm-hmm. in the cast. Emma and James are the two best actors on the show. And that's why it's so fun seeing them together too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. They make that scene, they make the, they make it believable. It's so Mm -hmm. good. It's so fucking, I mean, I I cannot argue. It is just a delight to watch them together. We'll get there. We want to get there now. I mean, cause that's how I felt when I got to the end of the episode. Like, I had taken notes the whole time. And then I got to the end. I'm like, <laughs> okay, none of these fucking notes even matter. It's really just this <laughs> Who fucking... Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, who cares? Let's give a nod to the next 
moment where we get introduced to fucking Tara and Willow, who, first of all, uh, note, Tara is wearing the leather jacket that Don stole for Buffy in a previous <gasps> episode. <gasps> note it. Note it. <gasps> I don't know what story you want to write for it. She went back and bought it. Who they knows? can't return the thing, everything, because it's been worn. That's true. But <laughs> but Dawn does not get to have them. <laughs> yeah, the so twist. they have to be distributed. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else. I don't know if you all discuss. You know, but like a lot. I feel like a lot of people went through like a teen, you know, little thieving phase. You oh, know, yeah. and it's like. Some of that stuff, like, you can't return. And it's it's funny when you watch on TV and films, it's always the, this always like the, I feel like it's some executive or someone being like, to make them good, you know, it has to be, you have to return the stuff to the store, you know, shame them and whatever. <laughs> but I'm like, most of the things you steal cannot be returned. <laughs> like, what are you going to do with it? Be like, oh, I stole this plus. thing. Like. Great. Like, if you've worked at any store, you know capitalism, you know retail, you return the thing you stole, someone's going to be like, okay. And then it'll probably just get, like, <laughs> thrown out or sent back to a warehouse yeah. to be destroyed anyway because mm -hmm. no one's going to wear it. Right. They're not going to resell it. No. It's been. It's going to go in, like, the bargain bin that's by the cash register, you know. Yeah. Like, Loss it's... prevention has already – they've already gotten their money back for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I have stolen things, and I have never returned a single thing that right. I have stolen. Uh, that would be foolish. Well, it's, especially the cigarettes, which, of course, I couldn't return because I smoked. <laughs> yeah. Here's the box. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you want to, like, fill it up and use it again. <laughs> All for the environment. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Tara and Willow are—they're getting back together. Cannot be denied. Um, and mm -hmm. Tara, so Tara's like really fucking confident. And I—I I, I don't know. Like I, we were talking before. Best we, she's ever looked. Right? She looks yes. amazing, and she, oh, yeah. is she looks just... amazing. Last time we were seeing, last time we were seeing Tara, like when I was here. They were they were giving her like the frumpiest clothes. Oh my god! They were ill-fitting. Mm -hmm. She looked she looked like Renaissance Fair light. Um, <laughs> it was it was not good. Like she is looking hot in this episode. She and she has been for the last yeah. few. Like the breakup treated Tara fucking great. Yeah, she it is. was like okay, here's the time for the glow up. You can look good now <laughs> that you're single. Kissing girls on the cheek, you know, being very French. Um. Uh, yeah. And Willow is the one that's just like, like so nervous, doesn't know what to oh, say yeah. to her, doesn't know how to mm -hmm. ask her out. Total mess. I, I appreciate this for the cuteness. I think personally, I just feel like these two had a very significant relationship. So I, I would think that if they were to come back together again, it probably wouldn't include like Willow being like, ha, 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 do you want to get coffee? Like, I mean, I, it's cute. But I just don't, <laughs> I, I think it would more be like a very serious conversation. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm interested in getting back together and like, what the fuck do we do about that? But <laughs> if I could say a lot of... No disrespect to Drew Z. Greenberg, who I adore, uh, and we know that he probably didn't even do all the final dialogue mm -hmm. anyway, um, because that's also how TV works, and this is, you know, his third episode. But I'm still not really clear on who was who was running this damn season. <laughs> <laughs> was it Jaws? Was it Marty? Was it halfway through? Like, it's a lot going yes. on. Yes. But I feel like she was running the room, and he was doing edits at the end mm. but a lot of the episode feels very um spec script 
written by, you know, like a TV writer trying to get hired because it's like you wouldn't lean on Willow being that flustered Willow that we grew up with talking right. like that yeah. in a scene. But like you two are in a relationship for years. You're a grown adult now. You've had your confidence, you know, like you're like abusing witchcraft. Yes. <laughs> Serious a, shit. A, for, a former witch drug addict <laughs> in recovery. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think she'd be talking like that. Uh, yeah. No, yes. No, no, no. Agree. Agree. I love this. I love the. I feel like we get this from like Latoya and the Angel on Top space. Like I, not that I don't think about what's happening in the in the writers' room, but I have no reference point for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and and nor do you, Jenny. And so it's just it's it's really very fun to think about like oh like here's a reason why this might have been awkward uh <laughs> like willow might have been awkward yeah it's like you're going into willow's quote-unquote voice but like willow should have matured from that voice yeah and has mm -hmm. right and we've yeah. seen that she has like they've all been through literal hell uh like okay i mean she snapped at giles <laughs> and how <laughs> the fucking snap to giles heard round the world um mm -hmm. yes so, does anybody else want to talk about Buffy's fucking jeans in this next fucking scene at the mall? Also, oh my any thoughts on what mall this is in Sunnydale? Oh, it's Santa Monica. It's Santa Monica Mall. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. It's very, it's very, very much that West Side outside mall. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not the Grove. <laughs> That's what not... I, I was like. Is it the Grove? No, it's not the Grove. <laughs> no. <laughs> We've been too busy. They're not shutting down the Grove for shooting. <laughs> no, no, no. They don't shut down the Grove for shooting anything unless it is extra with Mario Lopez. And even then, people are just walking around in the background. Nice to know. Nice to know <laughs> yeah. where their priorities lie. Yeah, uh, yeah. You got to keep them all going. <laughs> but yeah, these fucking jeans. I'm sorry. I know it's not a plot point. Oh, my Lord. But they're like, they, I lived through these years. We all did. And I know that a lot of things happened. We see Willow in like a sweatshirt that's been like cut, but then rehemmed to be like a cool sweatshirt. That all happened. I can vouch for that. These jeans have like words on them. They look like um, Nickelodeon jeans. You know what I mean? <laughs> what a bad 2002 fashion. The thing about the mall, I was telling Kristen, Ira, I don't want to pressure you into anything you don't want to do, but there is a an uh, exchange of dialogue that was in the script but got cut mm. from the episode, and I've prepared a small script, and I thought if I could possibly entice you... <laughs> <laughs> to <Absolutely>. either be <laughs> to be a the narrator b buffy or c dawn whatever's most appealing to you I'll first pick yes that's what i wanted <laughs> <laughs> amazing okay i was like ira uh, if ira's gonna do it then he can play dawn and jenny was like well i think ira should choose and it all worked out for me in the end <laughs> okay i'm gonna drop a little Google I'll narrate. Doc link. You can be Buffy, Jenny. Okay, I'll be Buffy. Got it. Where okay. are you putting Google this? Google Doc in the chat. In the chat. There we go. Now oh, I, I see got it. it. Oh my god, Jenny, Cheri you did so much. Millennial. Jenny did so much work on this. It's color coded. Yes, I color coded. Okay, so here, here is the part of the shop, the mall shopping scene that was cut with me in the role of Buffy, Ira in the role of Dawn, and Kristen reading the um, Ira. What's the technical term for the stuff that's not dialogue in a script? Uh, it's just the action across the page. Action! I'm reading the uh, action. It actually is, okay. and I, I think, like, it is an important scene. That Yeah, it, I feel like it gives context to stuff that happens later that we don't get a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, okay, so, do, 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 here we are. Me and Ira walking outdoor mall. <laughs> and you know, that's my job. <laughs> 
promo. It's not on the page. So I was just trying to give context. Uh, and, you know, maybe in a couple months, they'll let us visit the leather birthday jacket. A young mother pushing a baby stroller calmly cuts across, about to bump into Dawn, who is looking at a store. Buffy takes Dawn's arm to steer her out of the way. Dawn jumps ever so slightly at Buffy's touch, startled. They both stop, looking at each other, embarrassed, realizing what just happened. Oh, that wasn't... I was just... Sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. They walk for a moment in silence. The mood has changed, become strained. I would never... I know. You weren't you. They walk for another moment, more silence. Then Buffy forces herself to snap out of it, tries to lighten the mood. Okay, you know what we need? What? Uh, regarding the food court, which we see ahead. Warm chocolate chip cookies, just as warm as puppies and somewhat tastier. So yeah, I feel like later, like we got a lot of like previously in the basement. Uh, and then we get some post-basement like trauma but i feel like this little bit that got snipped out kind of like gives just a little bit more of specifically like the buffy dawn dynamic mm -hmm. you know buffy is her protector buffy is her caretaker buffy is her literal legal guardian you know uh mm -hmm. and, well, and it adds a little bit of like i think it's like nice to see the nuance because dawn jumps and like it's implied that like yeah even though she knows like logically she knows not to be afraid there is still like the lived trauma of having almost been killed by your fucking sister, which is because without the scene, we just go right to the, the scene in the kitchen where she's like, it's fine. I know it wasn't you. And it's like, well, yeah, exactly. They're, they don't. And it's like they're, they're not living in anything because they're just trying to move on to the next. Part. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How much upsetting content can we cram into 45 minutes of television every other week? So much, actually. Uh... All right, so to the lair we go. Bunsen burners. Yeah. Beakers yeah. full of colorful potions. How exciting. Fun. In the nerd lab. Do we think, I mean, uh, the the like queerness of Andrew is coming more to the fore in this episode? Um, yes, I mean, not. Because I will, I, so this is what I was going to mention is there's an interview with Drew Greenberg, which is in his um, Wikipedia bio as well where he said, I'd never written in an original pilot script that didn't have at least one gay character in it, even if I was the only one who knew that character was going to be gay. Telling stories about gays and lesbians is a priority of mine. He was always proud to work like homosexual characters into a script. And I feel like maybe they decided in the room that like Andrew was going to be gay, but I feel like also maybe he was a person who would, I mean, I'd love to ask him about it yeah. uh, at some point, um, but who was sort of like, I would like Andrew to be gay, you know? Yeah. Um, and was sort of leaning into it. But also Tom Link is gay. So, right. you know, yeah, maybe yeah, they were yeah. just more leaning into that with him back. Um, but they were really, you know, like the jokes about it, you know, like I think are really there, especially the, later in the episode, especially when it's like, you know, yes. they're, they're really leaning hard into Andrew's gay. A thousand percent. That, And that, I think that's it because we've gotten, you know, we've had like, mo we've had moments that are like, well, I guess you could maybe, but I haven't even been willing to like talk about Andrew in this space, like as gay, because I'm like, am I, spo is it like a spoil? But it, it's like this. In this gives one, you know, he's gay. Yes. Like, you the know scene now. Where, oh, yes. The scene where he's like, Spike's cool. And he's like, oh, the girl's hot too. Right. That's gay. That's gay behavior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, he definitely that, has like big like, uh, oh, I couldn't hear you over the clattering of my wife's breasts vibes, <laughs> you know? Oh my God, Jenny. <laughs> I'm familiar with the naked female form. Of course I am. Uh, <laughs> but my like my question like to that end, because I think we can like definitively uh, read Andrew as queer or whatever, um, is Andrew is like really on Warren's side and and not to excuse it. I mean, it's fucked up. They fucking killed a girl. Like it's all fucked up. But like Mm -hmm. in this scene, it's like Jonathan, not in this scene, but in general at this point, Jonathan is like, I'm going to do this spell and it's to get the fuck away from you. And he's been like really fucked up since Uh everything happened with Katrina. Whereas Andrew Mm -hmm. is very much just like- Katrina fucked me up too. You know, I was living in New Orleans then. Oh, I was like thinking about Tiny. <laughs> I was thinking about Tiny You watching the show. I'm like, tell us, Ira. Tell us how you uh, felt about the I'm just tri- being an asshole as usual. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, can we just say it? Does is Andrew attracted to Warren? Yes, that's what I'm at. Yeah. Oh, right, right. For yeah. Sure. Yes. For it's sure. the only yes. reason. Which is wild. He's kind of hot, but he was I feel like Warren was hot before. Now he's like, he creeps me out. Well, he's a fucking... I can't be attracted I think to, he's like... I can't be attracted to any of that. Because, I mean, he's creepy from the first moment we, like, see him, right? Yeah, he's it's building robots. his first robots. appearance is in, yeah, it, I Was Made to Love I You. I Was Made to yeah, Love that's, You. Yeah, that's, that's creepy. Yeah. He's been a fucking creep since the beginning, but I think that Andrew has, like, a power thing. I mean, whatever, everybody has a power Very thing. Very Stanford but I think prison experiment. He's... he's yes. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, I think he just has... I think he likes for... Uh, I think he's attracted to people who are in charge and Warren as much of a fucking asshole as he... Like, not even an asshole, beyond asshole. He's just a fucking evil human. Um, is in mm-hmm. charge. Wait, I'm sorry. I, you know what? I can't... Uh, maybe I don't pay enough attention to the episode Family, but I did not know Tara's last name was McClay. (laughs) 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 What a name. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself 
in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so my my main note that it recurs in almost every scene in this episode is oof, O-O-F, because mm. oof. Uh, I think this is my first oof, which is uh, Xander Nanya. We get them together in this fucking scene. Xander's like, I should have said something earlier. And he tries to be like, he's like, I should have been honest with you before. But then, of course, digs himself into a classic Xander grave, which is just like Anya being Mm. like, well, what would you have told me before? Do you want to fucking get married? And Mm. he's like, it's complicated. And she's like, actually, it's fucking not. Like, do you want to fucking get married or do you not? And he doesn't. He doesn't. He sucks. He wants to date the woman that he left at the aisle. At the altar. Oh, at, Xander, you fool. Why, you know. <laughs> He's him. never going to do better hate, than Anya. I, I know. I hate him. Yeah. Um, he had like a moment where we were like almost there for him. And then he just came sliding down the back of that hill. <laughs> listen. Yes, there's a moment where if you tell her you don't know, you're not sure about the wedding, but you still want to be together. There's a moment where that could have happened. And he had those moments leading. We saw those moments leading yeah. up to the wedding. Yeah. The minute you leave someone at the altar, I think it's over. It's done. <laughs> it's fucking done. Yeah. Oh. I, I could, could not agree more. I do really like where the writing and the performance intersect here as he's sort of like making his grand statement, but then immediately jamming his foot in his mouth and with the sort of like sputtering and backpedaling and like the fear in his eyes and the like freezing up you know he i loves think that. he does they do a great that. job <laughs> he was like what is this unfamiliar feeling of knowing what i'm about to say oh good it's gone i can fucking be xander again uh, yeah and anya of course learns that she cannot make she can't enact vengeance uh on her own behalf um mm-hmm. and i mean emma caulfield is mm-hmm. fucking brilliant in this whole fucking episode uh she's amazing in this moment where she's like wishing and wishing and wishing for all these shitty things i love the wish that he had tentacles where his beady eyes should be mm. that's the top of the pile for me mm-hmm. i love when they reference his beady eyes <laughs> yeah does nick <laughs> brendan have beady eyes do you do you experience his eyes as beady ira Beady eyes has always been an insult, and I don't even think I know what beady eyes means. Like, honest. does it mean they're very shiny, or does it mean they're small? 
Does yeah. it mean? Yeah. I would think small and like close together or something. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Nick Brendan has like big brown eyes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't understand why Anya doesn't uh, slam the door on her way out. Like that was like a. a she just leaves. It she open. just leaves it open, and I like thought. Of, I don't know why I thought about it for so long because I was like, maybe they wanted him to look down the hallway at her. But then I was like, but what would have been mm-hmm. the difference if he was looking at the slam door versus looking down the hallway? It was just like a weird mm-hmm. choice. And then you know we get a little bit of Halfrack. How? What are your feelings Halfrack. about Halfrack? Yeah, how do you feel I about love Hallie? Her. Well, this is what I mean—like a, a cute friend, a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. 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 She's fun. She is fun. Spike, no one else. Spike's no- ex-lover. <sighs> yes. yes. No one else in the group knows what it's like to have a friend outside of the group. So no, it's really, which is nice a common to- TV thing, obviously, and it's always funny. It's like. They, they this, they're always jokes when there's a new person. It's like, who is this? <laughs> um, which is which is funny and meta, but you know, it's really like, yes, none of these people have other friends. Yes. Well, that I mean, that's why again, like jumping ahead, but like I like to hear, I like to see Hallie and um and Anya, but more so, like I just delight, regardless of the the fucking, I love to see uh demon Anya which we should say right like I mean it's obvious mm-hmm. but we did see that her face changed in the last scene so she has made the choice to because I don't think we knew that until that moment right that she made the choice mm-hmm. to, to go back to vengeance demon but like I love to see vengeance demon Anya and fucking vampire spike talk about the Scoobies when Anya's like yeah I fucking hate us like <laughs> they good. suck good it is good <laughs> um but yeah, so Anya needs to make the Anya needs to find somebody to make the wish for her, and so our plot uh, mm-hmm. moves forward. Very funny, mm-hmm. funny, fun, funny scene. Uh, I also love the uh, what Halfrack is like, girl. You know, like you don't just need women. Oh my Alfred god! Alfred begs her to expand her horizons. Fucking yeah, like Anya doing too. like absolute backflips, trying to figure it out. Like I'll turn Spike into a woman, and then like and fucking Hallie's and then like, I can finally grant his wish. Yeah, you don't, you don't need to do mm-hmm. that. So yeah. over at Summers HQ, Buffy shows and not tells us what sh- her interpretation of a balanced breakfast is. And it includes, but is not limited to, pancakes, an enormous bowl of fruit salad, three boxes of cereal, and about eight to ten pieces of toast. It's like um, a continental fucking breakfast. She's only stayed at hotel at like. Whatever happens on TV, right? <laughs> like even when someone's making it up to you and they're making like a breakfast or something, it's usually like, like my best friend, for instance, Royce, um, who's my roommate. When I. When when I need to make up for something, like I know his co- I know his matcha order, and I know his mm-hmm. breakfast burrito order, and I know his Starbucks mm-hmm. order. <laughs> it's one of those, you know. Yes. It's not. Here's a whole bunch of food that I'm not sure if you're gonna eat, but I'm just cooking it because I need something to do, and also you need a visual cue for TV <laughs> that I am trying to make it up to you, you know. I got you three bushels of carbs. Yeah. Please enjoy. Who's going to eat this bowl of cereal? The, all these bowls. Come on. No. No. All the syrups is really where it goes off the fucking rails. They're not different. Yeah. No, they're no, all no, the no. same. They're all no, they're no, all no, corn no. syrup syrups. So, you know. 
But Don doesn't want a breakfast burrito. Don doesn't want matcha. Don wants to go patrolling with her sister. It's a fair. Don wants. It's a fair to request. Jump into the fray. I think it's it a were. fucking. I I am like team fucking Don. I, I have to say, I I support her request. She makes a good case for herself. You were doing this at my age. Granted, you were a slayer, but Willow and Xander were yes. doing it at her age, yeah. and they're useless. Yep. Yes. They were doing it her, at her age and, frankly, are still at the same fighting level. <laughs> so. Dude, yeah, like, take some. Going back to Checkpoint, Xander never took a single ounce of a martial arts class, did he? I mean. No, no training time. whatsoever. Whatsoever. None. None. A modern, a modern version of the show would have been like, all right, like if you could have these civilians with you, but like they, they gotta train. Yes, they yeah. actually do that in the Boom. I that's like one of the things I remember from the beginning of the Boom comics was that the, the Boom comics has Xander and Willow in the fucking training room. Thought I was yeah. like exactly. Thank God, <laughs> learn how to fight. Learn Otherwise, how to you're gonna fight. die. You're be doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Even she though I a- always wonder, like, how are these how are these vampires know how to fight? Come on. Well, I, I mean, the every ones- single one. The, the ones from the one. beginning of this episode did not. There's a there's a there's a moment when the when they're like going on the four wheelers through the cemetery, yeah. and the one vampire takes like what is a twig with some leaves on it and like throws it in front of the four wheeler. <laughs> it's they, those two did not know how to fight actually. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh gosh. So should we go to the espresso pump, the e pump? Yeah. Mm. Speaking of checkpoint. Mm. This like rang major checkpoint bells for me when the when the council members are are uh, have everybody separated and they're interrogating them and it's like lots and lots of cutting back and forth and the answers kind of bleeding into each other. We get kind of the same mm-hmm. treatment here as Anya visits Willow and Tara and mm-hmm. Don and Buffy and tries to get all of them to wish for something terrible to happen to Xander. Yes, she should have visited me. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, she should have visited any of us. What's <laughs> <laughs> also like the funny part is like, ooh, who hates him? Like, I'm like, who can say something about him? You know, if you knew other people, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's plenty of people in Sunnydale who do not like Xander. Oh my god. <laughs> Fucking call up Cordelia. She's only in Los Angeles. She'll probably make mm-hmm. that fucking wish right for you. Although I guess mm-hmm. she's all like a fucking demon now, so maybe she's using. Her I don't powers. guess they ever interact again, do they? I don't think so. Yeah, it's no. good for her. It is. I. Think, Why would yes. you interact with your high school boyfriend? <laughs> Yeah, and especially she only, interacts, she only interacts with these other high school people that she like hung out with for some reason. Um, <laughs> when when they truck over to L.A. to bother her, <laughs> when, usually when Puffy comes to L.A. to be a bitch, yes, for no yes. reason mm-hmm. to everybody, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or Oz, or you know, um, or Willow, Willow, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, Oz, Oz like delivers the ring, right? Yes, uh, he's the Gemma right. Mamara. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. I would like to play. I would like to play two Anya sound clips uh, about lesbians. I'm gonna. This isn't how they go in the show, but I'm gonna play them back to back. You're lesbians, so the hating of men will come in handy. Let's talk about Xander. 
Well, I I guess it's natural for guys to be interested in. God, what kind of lesbians are you? If you love men so much, go love men. A very fast turnaround. It's good. Fair. This is good. The whole I really like the arc with with Anya and Sarah and Willow because I feel like Anya really is like they're really pulling apart like the uh, you're lesbian so you hate men and Willow's like we don't really hate men we just like they're they're trying to piece apart they're trying to pull apart something and I appreciate yeah. it. It's funny. It's fun also because you know even when you get you know like we just prefer the girl and girl interactions. You also have to remember this aired on TV in two thousand two. Yes. So mm-hmm. yes. this was this was all very um new for TV. Mm-hmm. You can tell thinking. Right. And you can tell <laughs> by the way that Allison Hannigan, who is a fucking genius, delivers the line girl on girl, which is yeah. really not I'm a, I I get upset about it. I'm upset about it. <laughs> and I don't falter. It's because of everything you said, Ira. Uh it's kind of a big deal that you can even say the words girl on girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I was just thinking, side note, recently, I think Mark Harris was going on this Twitter thing about, uh, you know, the gay 90s cover oh like my God. Entertainment Weekly at done, and, yes. like, a lot of younger people were, you know, sort of upset about the cover, mm-hmm. and, like, he had to remind people that, like, in the 90s, that even the actors who were gay, their publicists didn't want them being on the cover, listed as gay, other people were closeted, um, it was it was hard, you yeah. know, and like even in two thousand two, yeah. like it was almost sort of novel for these actresses playing lesbians, long running lesbians on TV, um, mm-hmm. on a show that wasn't the L word or something, because it's like other people would not want to do that, right? Back right back then. No, totally. I was just thinking about um. There's a reason why names? Andrew's like that, you know. Pumba, Pumba and Timon. Were mm-hmm. they on? Yeah. I was just thinking about them today and having a chuckle because they're on that cover. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's a whole thing about things were queer coded. Yes. Back then, you know? Yes. And so it's like, well, I mean, even Angel and Spike were, right? The oh jokes my God. about it. A I'm thousand. Him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that's why Andrew, like, the jokes are still very, like, mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. It'd be much mm-hmm. more explicit now, but, you know. I mean, it's mm-hmm. so easy. It's we not go- Riverdale, okay? Right. I mean, with with all of this, it's so easy to go back and I mean, with like even outside of like the the queer relationships and what have you, it's so easy to go back now and look and say, like, how could this have ever happened this way? But it's like you have to take it with the context in which it came. And uh, it's a very different thing when you take a lot of these things in the context from which they came. Yeah. Yeah. So lesbians, et cetera. Anya's tactic, one more thing I want to say about lesbians, is Anya's <laughs> tactic of trying to get Tara and Willow to wish something horrible to happen to Xander by saying, men love to watch girl-on-girl action. Men like Xander. <laughs> quality, quality tactic from Anya. I am here for it a thousand percent. A real queen. She spent one millennium demonically vengeance in Speaks her mind and then some You know she's partial to the finer things And down with double boyfriends, oh yeah Exchanging cash for goods and also services She'd love to hold the money for ya She'll hold that cash Just keep the funnies far from Anya A true, like truly, truly a queen Um, 
Dawn, she goes like the kitty route with Dawn where she's trying to trick her. She's like, yeah. So like, give me a for instance of what you wouldn't say or like, so you just said that? Oh, what didn't you say? (laughs) And then Buffy, does she have a tiny bang? I saw a tiny bit of a tiny bang. I haven't seen a tiny bang since like season four, but I'm telling you that on the steps of this house, I saw a tiny bit of a tiny bang in this little A subtle wisp. A subtle wisp. I mean, you'd have to get in touch with the trio and review the footage, all the of their surveillance footage. Yeah, run back the tapes. Um, but this, I mean, the scene with Buffy is where things get serious. Um, I, I like. Mm. I felt like this was really uh, relatable. Like this is relatable content, right? Anya is like, this person hurt me so much, and you all still love him. Like how? Like she cannot reconcile that, which I think is like I could just imagine. Ira, you can correct me because I'm about to imagine being in a writer's room, which I'm sure will be very fun for you to witness. But I just like imagine people sitting around and talking about like what is what does it feel like when you break up with somebody? What are your some of yeah. your memories? And coming with this like this fucking nugget of like when you need everybody to hate them and they. Don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it helps that she's a you know like fresh human, you know. But like mm-hmm. first real breakup, right? Yeah, first breakup, mm-hmm. you know, because she's been with him since season three. Oh my god, um, yeah, time ago. But um, yeah, that thing of like if you're dating someone and like you're become friends with their friends, you know, like right, even and if like- they're horrible to you, unless they do something really horrible, and even then. You know, mm-hmm. um, but their friends are friends with that person for a reason. They know who they are, you yes. know, so they're like, yeah, we know who you are. We love you. But mm-hmm. what you did sucked, but we're not going to, like, get rid of you. But it was telling, you know, even that, like, I mean, I feel like the the, the women, like, I did feel like they were nice, though, because I feel like I feel like no one in that group, like, if, if she weren't going the vengeance route, I feel like no one in that group was going to be like, you have to forgive Xander. No. And, like, I feel like all of them would have been fine, like, still interacting with Anya. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I actually think that they do a great job in this episode and the last couple. Like, well, actually, the last, it's, oh, my God, it's only been two episodes since Hell's Bells. It feels like a fucking lifetime. Um, but, like, in both of those, in this episode and the one before it, I think they do a good job of, like, showing the love that Buffy and Willow and Dawn have for Xander and how much they are so sad at what he's done. It's like, it's like when you, like, it's like almost like all of us, like we were watching Xander, like, wow, he's growing, he's growing, he's growing. And then fuck, he just like, he did that thing. And maybe we were a little worried that he was gonna do that thing and he fucking did it. Um, And I feel like they do a good job in the writing and the performances of giving us that, like, we love you, but also we know what you did was not okay. And we like, are here Mm -hmm. for, I mean, not that Anya wants them to be there for her apart from making this wish, but I think like, if she did, they would, I agree 100%, they would be there for Anya as well. Mm-hmm. Which think- is a long way from selfless when Buffy was being a bitch again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the listicle that you uh, write for us, Ira. <laughs> like the 20 times that Buffy was a bitch. And it's just- <laughs> <laughs> she had a lot of rules for other people. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. she does. Well, she is the chosen one, so she's special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, she all alone will be judgmental to all of her friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, I do think it's worth just mentioning. I'm looking forward to seeing how this comes back. Uh, I can't remember if it does, but 
Dawn's trying to talk to Anya about working off her debt, but what we saw in terms of Dawn shoplifting was just a box full of like jewelry uh, and like tokens and shit that all had like the prices still mm-hmm. on. I'm just curious about what she could return. Yeah, even in Slug Old candle, and Far maybe? Away, right? Like yeah. when she's dumping the stuff out, I'm like, okay, and we know the leather jacket and stuff, but where's the other stuff she stole? And why is it, I guess she's just a klepto, and it's the thing of like, it's, it was like, I'm just doing this, you know, because compulsively, right. for attention or whatever, but it's like, just keeping this stuff in this jewelry box. Right, with the tags on. You weren't on. wearing it? Yeah, that's what I, like, I remember at that time being like, but how, she's not wearing it because the tags are all on, we can see the tags. <laughs> but I think she has to work, I mean, I think even if she returned all that shit to Anya at the magic box, like, she needs to work it off. Like, <laughs> not the cost of goods, but the, like. But the cost of bre- trust. The cost of trust, exactly. Like, she's got to put in some some working time for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the gnome. We've talked about the gnome. The fucking gnome mm-hmm. gets kicked. There's a camera in the fucking gnome. We know that. And mm-hmm. Xander immediately thinks it's Spike, which I think is just not the best option in terms of like what what He's they so know obnoxious. about what's going on. But in it's town. because of Xander, so right? Fucking it's... obnoxious. Spike is like hangs outside of like you know um, houses. You yeah, know? he stands there where a the camera. Gnome is. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, even Spike then, is his own camera. Even when he had the Buffy, you know, bot, he didn't mm-hmm. build it. He's not a tech guy. Yeah, te- yes. He Xander, you fool. He's hundreds of years old, okay? <laughs> Which actually, maybe he should know a little bit about more about computers than the rest of us. That's true. <laughs> But you I don't know, think Spike is like a traditionalist, you know, like, well, not as much as Angel, but mm-hmm. but he's like he's fairly a Luddite. I mean, he's living in a crypt. Right. He's stealing electricity from somewhere else in the cemetery to plug his fridge into. Well, and his television to watch Passions back in the day. Mm, yes. So he has that. That old TV in his crypt. Oh my god, yeah, yep. it's like from the yep. 50s. Boxy. He ca- he carries it around as he travels. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Of rounded screen. Um yeah, so it's not fucking Spike. We go to Spike's Buffy's like, "Did you do this?" And Spike is dumbfounded. He's like, "Girl, you're dumb." Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um Buffy is wearing what appears to be oh. an entire rose blossom it's upsetting. affixed it's not... to the top of her ponytail, mm-hmm. which, no. I mean, I think, like, what is happening costuming-wise with Buffy Summers in this part of the season is that since she broke up with Spike, they're trying to give her a different look, and they do not understand jeans for Buffy or hair for Buffy now that they've gone through. they've She's gone through her leather phase. She's gone through her miniskirt yep. phase. And they're like, yep. we don't know how to do the rest of this. And it, it shows. I, I hope that she gets back I'm to leather someday soon. <laughs> I would like to play this horrible, horrible exchange uh, between Spike and Buffy. I've tried to make it clear to you, but you won't see it. Something happened to me. The way I feel about you, it's different. No matter how hard you try to convince yourself it isn't, it's real. I think it is. For you. This is... I think I said ouch out loud in my living room. Mm -hmm. It is real for you. And then she, like, makes it even worse by saying... 
You have to move on. Like, is there anything worse than someone who is breaking up with you for like the third time than telling you that you need to move on? She needs to move on. She does. Mm. She's mm. the one who's there. She She's arrived at his crib. Cost- constantly following him around. <laughs> constantly being obnoxious. <laughs> Get out of my crypt. <laughs> Yes, she's always correct. marching. She's always marching in. Yes, no oh, boundaries. Yeah. She so never Yeah, terrible boundaries for sure. Yeah, yes. Uh, ladies' night at the Magic Box. It ladies gets night? us right. Anyone? It gets us to both ladies' night at the Magic Box, and also it gets Spike so upset that he has to go to the Magic Box, which I am fucking here for. It's the only thing I really remember about this episode. Like before I rewatch it, I'm like Entropy, mm-hmm. the one where Spike and Anya fuck on the Magic Box table. It really mm-hmm. kind of eclipses all else. Which Giles that came back then? <laughs> oh my God, what what is Giles? What would Giles's opinion be of? Anya and Spike. I feel like he would understand it. Hmm. Maybe not yeah. on his table, but yes. yeah. <laughs> I think he would take his glasses off and clean them. Yes, so he and didn't have to see all of the bits and bobs, if you will. Mm-hmm. I will not. Gone is the twinkle of recognition between yeah, Spike Hallie and Halfrek. Spike. Yeah. Weird. They I... had their moment in a different episode, but. It's yeah. just such a delightful thing that they acknowledged that, like, to not have them even. Yeah, yeah, I think they like they're they're just fun interactions between both of them. They they it's a wink to the fans. Yeah, yeah. I wanted I a second wink. I, I want... know I needed a second wink. Oh well, I just like we already like got the wink. Yeah, so give us one more wink. Uh, but yeah, we got Hallie... rid of her. Yeah, she ran out too quickly. It's just like like Amy should have stuck around too. Ugh, oh my God. Well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the one ingredient at the magic box that Spike needs, of course, is the whiskey that Giles left behind. Um, and these two are going to get shit-faced, as the cameras are, of course, discovered. Uh, with permission from uh, my co-hosts, I would like to play Willow, her jingle, her original Willow jingle, at this moment when she's at the, t- at the fucking dining room table with her laptop. Hacking away. Who knows the square root of 1225? Willow, who's gentle of heart and nimble with a hard drive. Willow, 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 Willow. So, you know, it's pretty weird that Buffy hasn't found these three guys yet, don't you think? To, oh, I, yes. to, Ira's, to Ira's earlier point. It's just, it's it's been just 18 like... episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're just in a basement somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where, where are they at? Where are they at? Find that. Also, Will and her hacking couldn't figure out where the cameras are coming from. You also almost forgot she used to be a hacker, right? I mean, it's been, it's been, oh, yeah. she's sitting been there doing that like classic, like, I'm in. Um, <laughs> typing Dude, away. When you see the computer screen. Fiber optics. Yes. It's I'm just like, like a radar circle. <laughs> like, I was like, it seems more ridiculous than what she actually used to do it, you know? Oh my God. She's like, my name is Acid Burn. Jenny, what is it? I just, you know, it's just, it's just time. It's just time to mm-hmm. do shots. 
and commiserate. Yeah. <laughs> shots, 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 shots. Yeah, oh, wise man more. once said. It's time to get drunk and share swap stories of heartbreak. Uh, they should be drunk more. Yeah, I, I agree. This is a fucking well-written scene, if I do say so myself. I, I think it. it's I fucking it. genius. I love it. The- I do love Spike. So, and I love Anya. Yeah. It's a great written scene. You got two actors just, you know, like, going at it. Giving it their best. They're having fun in the scene, basically, oh, you know? Yeah. So much yeah. fun. And, like, the, the like, one-two punch of, like, you know, they're, they're going back and forth and everything that Anya is saying Spike is commiserating with, but making sure yeah. to kind of, like, well, not that or, well, not this. And leading yeah, to the yeah. direct, like, well, I don't have a sexy dance that is then <laughs> called back again. Somehow, like, the fact that they make that sexy is incredible to me. Like, mm-hmm. it's, that is, the, that's the moment when you're like, oh, this is a fucking performance. It's uh, actors. It's acting. Actors. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ira. Have you ever referred to any gentleman as bumpy in the right places? <laughs> Absolutely not. Do you have any idea what the right places would be? And was she be talking for... about Xander? Yes. She's so talking, I was talking like, about his biceps. It made sense for Spike because I'm like, oh, is she talking about the fact that they both get bumps on their faces? Right. Like uh, they're, like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Which also, you know, maybe special effects is cheap these days. It is season six. And it was on <laughs> UPN at this point. Um, <laughs> but... You know, I feel like they both would have, like, demoned out. Yes! Oh, that's so hot. Yes! <laughs> Especially when you consider and Spike's uh, praising Anya for being forthright, and then he describes the rest of the Scoobies as uptight and repressed with this hand gesture. Yeah. They yeah. know. Spin, Can you imagine it, listeners? A spin and a jab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, how many people has Anya had sex with? Well, it doesn't sound like many because, I mean, she starts this whole thing off by saying she had a thousand she year, like, dry spell before. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Yeah, and sp- so, spoilers, probably Olaf. <laughs> Olaf Xander. Patrol followed by Xander, which is probably why Xander scored such high marks that I, for the whole time, didn't understand how he was scoring. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Oh, you mean just in terms of being, like, the only second in line? For the troll that wasn't, well, she could probably Olaf couldn't even... wasn't a troll when they oh, were right, a couple. That's right. She Regardless, turned him into a troll. It's been so yeah. long that when, I think. When was Olaf? Renaissance just... times? 1,000 years ago. I yeah. Don't know. A long time. So 900 and, or, uh, yeah, like around the year 1,000. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Spike was great. So Buffy kept going back. So seems like it should, like, I'm sorry, you know, spoiler alert, they don't start dating, but they yeah. should. They should. They should. It's like. Why don't you want the two best actors together? They're, and they're hot, you know? Oh, my like, God. It would have been so. I Fuck Buffy and Xander. They should have, like, mm-hmm. and if it were more of, like, a, if like, and this is leading more into, like, some nighttime soap territory anyway. <laughs> Wouldn't you just love, like, Anya and Spike, like, being, like, together and just, like terrorizing the scoobies yes yes and sometimes they help them and like they have to go over to them and like xander or buffy has to go over to ask them for help like with like whatever's happening whatever demons attacking and like they've just finished having sex and like on his apartment and they're like i guess we'll help Dude. you you know and they're getting dressed that's fun it is it's also like i mean i feel like 
they have this like one moment where they say, uh, where Spike says, we should have been dead hundreds of years ago and we're the only ones who are really alive. So not only is it fun and sexy, but I also feel like it's fucking, like it would be like a very interesting storyline to like mm-hmm. see how that sets up against the Scooby. Absolutely. But Good the show's shit. obsessed with Buffy and Spike, so. Don't we know it. We can't even put them in a sexual attention award poll yeah. without them taking taking the sweep. Um, I miss it. I miss ugh, the lost potential. <sighs> yeah, it's they're very hot together and they're wonderful to watch. However, I can't help but feel like uh, once again this show has hurt me when it was not strictly necessary because like I should be way hornier watching this, but it's too sad. The context is too upsetting. Mm -hmm. Uh, And how dare they uh, finally give us Mm -hmm. what should be like, I mean, what is great, but which could be even greater. Mm -hmm. Two Uh, hot adults who could have sex with each other because they're both single, made to feel bad about it. Yes. Yeah, finally Spike is sleeping with someone older than him. (laughs) (laughs) See. Yes. Oh, I'm lonely and drunk and you smell good. A valid reason to sleep with someone and they do yes. it. Yeah. And, good job. And yeah, that's all we get. It's rude. Yeah. Well, we get this. We, we talked about Andrew already. This is his moment. He see, they see they see what's happening. I do love the fact they, that they are so stunned by what's happening that they don't <laughs> turn the camera off. They're just like, yes. oh, oh, they're not shit. They're not stunned. That's not the reason why they don't turn the camera off. <laughs> they love There's it. a different word, Kristen. Oh uh, man. But they so they have this light that starts flashing once Willow gets into their feeds. But why don't they have some kind of notification when a gnome that was housing their camera is broken and then that camera is detached? It seems incorrect that one would be true without the other. Very, 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 very confusing. Is, yes. is all I have to say. Don't, just mm-hmm. don't, just so, don't ask too many questions. Yeah. Well, uh, guess who else sees this shit? Little Xander, Willow, Xander, and then Dawn, which is even uh, more upsetting yeah. to everyone in the room. Yeah. Uh, upsetting, uh, confusing to everyone because why is Buffy's face look like that? Then Buffy mm. flees and Dawn follows and Xander flees and Willow sees that the fucking weapons chest is open because Xander has taken an axe and a stake, uh, mm-hmm. as we find out. Oh my god, what? These people and their axes. That was when that, <laughs> that weapons chest is a relic from when Xander was having a good moment. Xander made that shit for Buffy for her birthday. We thought maybe this guy has what it takes. And yeah. that was our first mistake. But no. <laughs> Miss her old weapons chest in her bedroom. With the like communion wafers in it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, we're getting to it as much as we might want to avoid this last scene. It's awful. It's awful. It's so fucking bad. Uh, Don, uh, you know, in case you're here for continue for for every moment to be mentioned, mm. Don and Buffy do have a moment b- uh, regarding Spike in the backyard. Don saying, 
Mm. Do you buy that both like it feels like both Willow and Don have this moment of recognition where they like look away from the feed to look at Buffy's face and they're both like oh right. you're you're upset that spike is ha- why wouldn't why wouldn't it be possible for buffy to have that like dawn look because she was so upset on xander's behalf dawn dawn makes it, more sense dawn makes more sense because in normal again buffy said it like if they were in the middle Sense, of like a horrifying fight but she yeah. said it but willow it, yeah it doesn't really make sense for willow to well willow's a bad friend <laughs> <laughs> Are there any good friends the in Sunnydale? Like, I don't know. They're all bad over. friends. Let me get in every hot take I can in the last ten minutes. <laughs> They're all bad friends. <laughs> I don't think they ever really dealt with their fight in, in at the end of season four, and then bringing her back from the dead. They got a lot of trauma. They need therapy. They need. They th- need I therapy. mean, honestly, Ooh, we say it so much. If we had <laughs> every episode, if we had one nickel for every time that we said these. Kids need therapy. We'd have a lot of nickels. So, um, all right, Jenny, how do you want to play this? Do you want to fucking get sexy ugh. before we get sad, or you want to get sad before we get sexy? Where are we going? Let's get sad before we get sexy. All right. Let's get through this fucking slog. Ugh. So, how dare it starts strong. It starts strong. We're back in the magic box. Spike nods to Anya as he leaves, which I love. I love the moment of like, we said what this was. We are adults. We did this thing. I like they have like, it a was mute- hot it was hot it was good we respect each other and now we're I'm gonna leave and now we're gonna both return to being sadness yeah return to our previously scheduled sadness mm-hmm. and then whatever Xander tries to fucking kill Spike Xander, which of course he doesn't do and uh, Xander says this is awful I'm just gonna st- let me just play the patriarchy jingle okay because that's wrong. what's happening the patriarchy Anya holds her own, I will say, which of course she does, but it's just like, yeah. she she says all the things that I think we're screaming at the television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, like, that's the other thing. Too. So much going on here with Xander. He knows that like Spike can't fight back, too. Yes. He sucks. And he doesn't <laughs> fucking care. And it's like, him, him kicking the shit out of Spike is upsetting for uh, a few reasons, but is nowhere near as upsetting as then him turning on uh, how i mean literally how dare you you fucking leave this woman at the fucking altar and then you have the motherfucking gall to show up and tell her that she makes you sick that what she oh no 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 i can simply no unsubscribe absolutely not she should have fucking hit him. I agree. She should have fucking hit him. Buffy should have hit him. Spike, everybody should have hit him. All three of them beating him up like the <laughs> end of Death Proof. <laughs> <laughs> and then yes. Xander's dead. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, you let that evil soulless thing touch you. I look at you and I feel sick. Fuck you, Xander. And then Spike giving us. <sighs> it was good enough for Buffy. And as someone said in the Instagram comments, leave her out of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Spike big. You know what? Yeah. Hush. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, we couldn't get out of the episode without somebody telling her friends. And it yes. had to be Spike. Uh, yeah. Telling her business. 
Mm -hmm. which is fun. And this is where, like, you know, coming back, Ira, to where you kind of started us, it, it, like, this really lands back in that place of, like, so what are we set? Like, this is just so sex shamey. It's very weird because Xander himself has repeatedly uh, referred to and vocally noticed uh, Spike being attractive, well-muscled, mm -hmm. etc. It makes sense that women want to sleep with him because he is a hot, cool guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. You should try it sometime, Xander. Uh, yeah, well, that could be a whole... Uh, that's the read you know I wanted to do, but this episode is just so upsetting that I couldn't even bring myself to bring us mm -hmm. to the Xander Spike uh, love affair mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's a big oof from me. Uh, two capital O's and a capital F. But I will say I do think that at least for Anya, the moving on has happened. So at least we get that. I, mean, I don't know. No yeah, spoilers. She's definitely got a foothold my... of some kind. Yeah. I mean, because what we end the scene with her saying, or with Spike finally saying, you know, I wish. And she says, don't. Yeah. Growth. Growth. Spike. Growth. Uh, a character Maybe not arc. So much, but yes, yeah. Anya's got Anya's Anya's got it. Uh, bless Anya. My girl. And uh, you know, there's still one more scene. I can't hear you, Kristen, over the roar of lesbians all around <laughs> us in every direction, screaming, pulling out their hair, gnashing their teeth. Tara shows up at Willow's bedroom door. Mm. Good Tara shit here. Good Tara shit here. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, she's she she doesn't have time for coffee. Mm -mm. She just We're wants adults. to fuck. She's gotta get in there. <laughs> Let's talk later. Uh, it's nighttime. It's so good because like Tara has been so mature and healthy and boundaried and like has done everything right for so many episodes, and so mm -hmm. like that we get this from her. It, oh, it's chef's kiss. Um, yeah. Because Willow can't. Willow can't be the reckless one, given the nature of, like, how they broke up and what have you. Like, she has to toe the line. She has to follow Tara's lead. And so when Tara's lead is like, fuck it all. I just can't keep my hands off you. Yeah, right. Yeah. There they go. Right. Going for it. The lesbians, they it's, do roar. It's what, it's what they deserve. It is what they deserve. Uh, yeah. The most extended, <laughs> intense kiss that we have seen yeah, uh, mm -hmm. between them. There I they am, go. I imagine that like when we talked to Amber uh, Benson, she was telling us about the kiss in the body and how like Ira, I imagine that you've probably heard this story as well, but like how, you know, they were told to really go for it so that the network would say tone it down and they would get to keep the kiss that they had rather than giving them the kiss they wanted and having the network say, no, you can't have that fucking kiss. Mm-hmm. I guess that the kiss that got cut probably looked a lot like exactly. This, this is imagine like the, this kiss in the body. Yeah, ah. not right. You don't yeah, want it there. UPN. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do want this kiss on uh, the UPN, and you do want it right now. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, which I think takes us to our sexual tension awards, if you if you will. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Here we go. We have four promising slots uh, mm. filled with uh, four sets of delightful noms for this edition of the Sexual Tension Awards. 
Here we go in the first slot. Why bother having any other slots when the first slot is full of these two? Scream if you must. It's Willow and Tara reunited. Yeah. And it feels so good. It does. In slot number two. You know, sometimes things uh, that seem cool take a turn for the worse and you can't enjoy them as much. So in this slot number two, we would like to include the nomination for Spike and Anya in the precious, wonderful span of time just before they bone hot. when things are still just hot with no consequences or sorrow. It's hot. Ooh. And I know our listeners and I also know this television show. And so I, I know I know that Willow and Tara are going to fucking take it. But I know that you know I, the real winner. I know that in my heart. Yeah. I know. You know the real winner. OK. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> Sorry, lady listeners. <laughs> Uh, Uh, call me an LLC because lady listeners cut it out wow wow on the fly (laughs) call me an LLC get the fuck out of here if (laughs) if uh, the noms in slot number two are not quite pure enough for you I have prepared in slot number three uh, perhaps an even less painful option and that is an alternate universe where Spike and Anya can bone a whole bunch of times and it doesn't have to be sad at all and we get to watch uh, episodes with that in it all the time. Mm. Honestly, and it's all like, of us. It's like every episode you just challenge me more to fit this shit into a Twitter poll. Fit it mm. in a poll. It's like 17 I do, I, do pref- I do prefer to though because you know I like the sadness. Uh, okay okay all right all right know, but what if i told you ira what if i told you that in slot number four the final pairing the final sweet pairing for this mm, scant sexual tension episode andrew and how cool spike looks <laughs> mm. does that do anything for you medium you know what it does yes yeah you know we My- stand. My heart votes for sad Spike and Anya. Listen, I'm with you. I'm with you, Ira. Give me, give me, the, give me that sad sex. I'll take it. I'll take Ow. it. I'm voting for it. <laughs> Our beautiful listenership. If you wish to take uh, part in this spectacular democracy that we revisit every episode, uh, please visit our Twitter at BufferingCast and cast your vote in the Sexual Attention Award poll for this episode, which will be up for one week starting now. Yeah, we'll read you the results at the top of the next episode called Seeing Red. It'll be... I wonder what Seeing Red's about. It sounds like a fun romp. Yeah, delight. You're seeing Anya's red dress constantly. <laughs> Truly the only red I would like I wish. to see. That's what it's I about. Wish that's what Seeing Red was about. <laughs> Unfortunately, I do love seeing Red. <laughs> it's a good episode. Literally, literally, like the takes the just only keep getting person. more. <laughs> person who's ever seen I'm that sorry, sentence. it's a good episode. <laughs> For the most part. For the most All part. All right, well, in that case, Ira, congratulations. You're hosting it. Goodbye. <laughs> yes. See you next episode. Uh, it's got one of my favorite fights in the show, too. Oh, God, help us all. Ira, 
is there anything in this episode that like we did not give you the space to explore properly? Is there anything that you would like to say about it? Any last hot takes to there. jam in there? I think we got there. I like everybody. I think we did. I said it. my hot takes. I you know, I love it. Spike and Anya. What I want for them. Mm-hmm. Where's Giles? Honestly, where the fuck is Who Giles? Who else is missing? Well, Oz is off. I don't know, on like a Wolverine yoga retreat still, yeah. I guess. I don't know what he's doing. Sad. You didn't like Dr- you didn't like me calling him Wolverine. <laughs> it, it mixed it mixed all universes a little, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> a little too much. A little too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, sad. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the episode couldn't have been um any any more delightful. Uh mm. having you here with us truly brought us the joy that we have needed this season. Um thank, so thank you. you. Do you want to so tell us? Fun. I mean, I don't even know. Like, you're working on so many things. I'm sure some of which you can talk about and some of which you cannot. But do you want to tell people what the hell you're up to these days? What am I up to? N- <laughs> nonsense, <laughs> nonsense. You know, just just the just just the podcast. Um, just doing some movie rewrites. Um, and still TV writing. Not doing Amazing. anything interesting. Oh, I'm writing a book now. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Yes, yes. That was announced. Oh, yes. Didn't you, ju- yes. you just announced yes. it, didn't you? Just announced you? it. I am writing a book, an essay book um, on growing up in Milwaukee slash 90s pop culture and before um, in my journey to coming out. Uh, it's called Pure Innocent Fun. I'm writing it with Random House. So, so fucking beautiful. Great. Gotta write it. So the, it'll, it'll, ah! it'll be out in like spring 2023. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, seriously. I understand that just announcing that you're writing a book is like 50% of the writing process. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. Absolutely. At least halfway done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm done, right? So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah. cannot think of, of a book that would appeal more to uh, the listenership in this space. There'll be a Buffy you... chapter. Of definitely. course there will be. How so, could there not yes. be? Yeah. So oh, look yes. forward to that. Wow. I more, cannot. More of, the, more of the takes. I cannot, I yes. literally cannot wait. Like, I actually can't <laughs> wait. So whatever you want to send me in advance, please, you know my email address. Just send yeah. it, send it, send it, send it. Also, I feel uh, like by then you'll still be wrapping up season seven. So I mean, honest oh my to God. God. We honestly <laughs> it fucking clawing our way to the finish sh- line. Still, yes. <laughs> um, well, Ira, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank uh, you. As always. Know, you. know that you hate season seven, but perhaps there's something we can reel you back in for (laughs) (laughs) well could i interest you in uh spoilers redacted Mm, maybe look at his face your face is like your face was a fucking (laughs) no no, thank you no no Uh, no nathan fillion though All right, Jenny, you want to take us out? Hey, well, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, and when I'm not watching Buffy, I am usually writing and recording music. You can learn more about that music at JennyOwenYoungs.com. Find me on all the streaming platforms, and you can also listen to my new band, LAXs. Uh, You can also hear more of my speaking voice for a limited time only as we're nearing the end of the series Mm. over on Veronica Mars Investigations, the podcast. Uh, I am Kristen Nolene Russo. You can find me and uh, more about my work, especially the work that I do with LGBTQ communities uh, by using my first and middle name. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. 
Um, also, you could feel free. This is connected to the spelling of my name. Uh, as a matter of fact, you feel free to rate and review us. We would love for anyone who likes this podcast to simply flock to our reviews because as of late, our listenership let us know that as of late, we've had some people who are just unhappy that we are talking about um, anything, quote, political. Uh, my favorite of the reviews being from a man named Rick who said, Jenny and Kristen spelled with an E, please look up the definition of the word patriarchy. Oh, um, Rick. So we've found, what I mean to say is we've uncovered a bit of a pocket of Ricks over in our uh, review space so we could use the power of uh, Scooby's United to go over there and tell those people to fuck off. Or just, yeah, <laughs> bury those shitty reviews with your yes. glowing sunshine Please. reviews. Uh, and, of course, you can support our work on Patreon. All of the things you need to know about us can be found on our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Dot com. Dot com. Madison, third of your name. Always pure pleasure and nothing but... Until next time. Okay, I'll say I feel bad for the way that it played out, played out. I know you know that I had to let go. Maybe I got what I
Attention, fans of fairy tales that are magical, hilarious, and grim. The award-winning Pinna original podcast Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest has new episodes out now. While you've probably heard of the Brothers Grimm, you've never heard these tales told in quite this way. I'm Adam Gidwitz, best-selling and Newbery Honor author of Books for Children, and in Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, I share the real, weird, grim fairy tales with real, weird, hilarious kids. In each episode, you not only get to hear a story, but you also get to enjoy this group guessing what'll happen next, cracking jokes, and sharing their own perspectives on the tales. Also, heckling me. They love to heckle me. The episodes are rated on a scale from grim to grimmer to grimmest, so there's always a great variety of tales to explore with your family. You can listen to Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest now wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow the show so you don't miss new episodes. 